This is the show. This is the party. Nobody chose their mortal body. The skin we're in. The flag we're under. Hello, hello, hello there, folks. This is the Strange Comic Podcast. Thank you for tuning into it. Thank you for keeping up with us, even though this is on me, the Nolback dude, where it takes a little bit for me to get these posted, and I kind of feel like anymore, that's not necessarily a bad thing. This was from October 2nd, this recorded, where you can hear me clearing my voice, hacking away, all sorts of stuff, but this was when kind of the impeachment thing was sort of in its infancy as far as what just happened today but it's still relevant all the same stuff we discussed is still happening is still the same relevant information if not even more confirmed as things have gone along so that's pretty cool um so thanks for tuning in thanks to michelle for the awesome show notes on this and doing actually most of the kind of pointers for the edits for this one I apologize for clearing my voice repeatedly. I was a little sick, although it didn't get too sick, thankfully. As always, a huge thanks to our friends Pan Astral for letting us feature their music. On this one, we are using their most recent signal, All of the Color, which is just... I don't know if we're going to stop featuring this one almost entirely because it's just such a good song. So check out Pan Astral, panastral.com, panastral on Bandcamp. Pan Astral on SoundCloud, Pan Astral on iTunes, Pan Astral wherever you get your digital music. And I really, really hope you enjoy this one as much as I did. I know Michelle did. And thanks again for tuning in. I hope you're doing great. Again, thank you. Oh, love, please fly me You know, it's always been a whirlwind of news, mm-hmm. but this is this is opening the floodgates like in a new way. Right. It seems like not only just the like, you know, he gets Trump that is gets out of his mind when something like this breaks, and he just makes mm-hmm. it worse for himself. But it seems like every few hours there's a new story breaking that, oh yeah, he did this. Oh yeah, he did that. Oh he's oh he just tweeted this. Wait, mm-hmm. what? Oh, yeah. Oh, Pompeo was listening in on the call. Yeah, like all kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah. And uh, Barr is flying around the world meeting with people to basically try and do a counter investigation into what started the Mueller probe. Like, what? Yeah, that doesn't seem right. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I, I don't even know how to, like, broach the subject at this well, point. Well, there's the basic thing that. What kind of got this all started was the there was a report of a whistleblower report of basically Trump saying some stuff on a phone call with the uh, at the time newly elected president of Ukraine that you know, where he said some alarming things and very quickly that came out uh, they released a memo of like notes of the conversation a pseudo transcript where trump quite obviously you know without being you know there was no quid pro quo there was he just didn't he wasn't super direct about it he was direct about it where he wants information about basically he wants political dirt on joe biden because joe biden's son worked for a it's I believe called Burisma, right? A yes. uh, Ukrainian oil and gas company owned by an oligarch who paid Hunter Biden $50,000 a month to be on the board. And really what this was, was 
this uh, this oligarch trying to and his company trying to show that they have these massive international political connections and you should do business with them. And I don't know the whole story of the like prosecutor that got fired, but I know that really it was there was nothing seedy about it. Yes, it was bad that Hunter Biden was trading on his dad's name, which without getting into it too much, is kind of a strange what about thing to do here, considering what are all the Trump children doing? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so that's what triggered everything. And it was, uh, oh, no, no, this is why it's hard to keep up, keep up with now and really talk about, well, what really is the impeachment thing about? It's really all stemming from the same kind of problem, which is abuse of power. Mm-hmm. And um, the main question I got from friends right off the bat when the impeachment inquiry was seemed like it was going to happen or what was wrong with this phone call was, well, is this against the law? And the short answer is no, because the president has to do a lot of things that really you can't make laws for because he has to execute foreign policy, he has to do a bunch of other or he or she, that matter, they, there we go. Um, <laughs> they have to execute you know, diplomacy and foreign policy and all this stuff. So really, there, there's kind of a bunch of exceptions as to where, and this may, might even be a crime if you called up somebody and said, hey, I'll give you some money, but first you got to do something for me. But this is abuse of power. And the second kind of question I got was, well, what does the president have to do to be impeached if he didn't actually, they didn't commit a crime? And... That's why it's the whole high crimes and misdemeanors thing, because it's really, it's kind of a thing that's up to interpretation. There's been judges throughout the years that have been impeached for being too racist, too drunk, not following the law. And none of those things are necessarily, oddly enough, even not following the law against the law. However, it's seen as abuse of power or you're not living up to your oath of office. And that's essentially what impeachment is. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the main question I've been getting, Michelle, and so that and like, well, what does Congress do? This I like. To, this is a political process. It's entirely a political process. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, really, no matter what you think of the whole Clinton impeachment process, that was within the bounds of what we understand the law to be. It mm-hmm. was Congress. Well, the Republican Congress decided hey, we're going to investigate this guy for what they thought was abuse of power. And they uh, in the House, they basically you know, voted to impeach, which is, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong here, Michelle, it's sort of like a grand jury indicting somebody, but then he wasn't convicted in the Senate, so he wasn't removed from office. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so no matter, like, because of course we get to the what about, well, did you believe in it when it happened to Clinton? Well, I was a kid, but uh, legally... While it's, uh, you know, the abuse of power thing is a little bit more hazy, it still was within their congressional right to do so. So, yes, Congress has every right to do this. They could, if they wanted to, they could have impeached him for, in theory, they could impeach him for being an asshole on Twitter. In theory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, because impeachment just means an inquiry. It really doesn't mean anything else than that. Mm-hmm. Then, then a specific person put in a position of power that Congress has the right to investigate if they think something shifty is going on. And presidents, like you said, presidents can be impeached, judges, um, other high-ranking law enforcement officials, um, other members of the administration, they can certainly be impeached if they are um, uncooperative, which a lot of them in this case certainly are. And like with Clinton, really the only thing that they had to hang their hat on was that they did catch Clinton lying under oath mm-hmm. and, you know, trying to <clears throat> trying to essentially obstruct justice. But what's interesting about this, too, is that Trump and the administration has been obstructing justice for years now. And that's not an, that like that actually being a crime is not enough to get impeachment in. But a particularly, you know, unsavory phone call um, is, is what opens the door and, and it's all about the future. It's it, the election of the future, as opposed to the election of the past. That is, um, at least making headway enough that the, 
you know, members of the House, the Democrats are willing to go forward with impeachment, which I think is kind of interesting. I really don't know what to think about that. (laughs) You think it'd be easier to investigate crimes of the past as opposed to like potential crimes of the future. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's but that's what this impeachment uh, proceeding is really about. It's true. And, you know, I, for one, was one of the people that, you know, is kind of urging some not calm. That's not a correct word, but maybe not do impeachment proceedings based on, well, before the Mueller report came out and certainly after, because mm-hmm. it was like, well, we need to get this stuff, you know, we need just more information. Plus, Michelle, as you said, he, we, considering this happened right after the hearings where Mueller testified, which was interesting editing those podcasts this weekend, because mm. one of the ones we did was like right after those hearings. Mm. So listening back and going, Oh yeah, and like mm-hmm. right after all this stuff happened, he picks up the phone and tries to get back to doing really kind of bad shit. Right. Well, I, I mean, in 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 most of Trump's life, just as a human being, mm-hmm. he's never really been held accountable for any of his actions. Nope. He's always had the money and or dad. Just yeah, the money, the family. The whatever in so many instances, every time he did something that like you or I as a lay person, if we were to do it, we'd be in jail so fast our head would spin. Mm-hmm. He's never ever been held accountable for anything. He wasn't held accountable for his words um, after the grab by the pussy tape came out. He became president. The whole Mueller report thing, like absolutely nothing has come of it. He's never been able. He's never been held account to anything. So why wouldn't he pick up yep. the phone and do more shit? He's like, oh well, Mueller didn't get me. I bet I, I can get away with this kind of stuff. Well, which brings like another good point to like, well, should he be impeached? Kind of a thing because what exactly your point, Michelle? His entire career has been built upon either pushing right up against the edge of the rules or breaking them. And mm-hmm. then he's got lawyers who are who in place to protect him. He's mm-hmm. got uh, you know money to keep him from actually being held legally accountable, mm-hmm. other than you know giving people money. And so, what's he going to do when he gets in office and no one's holding him accountable? He's mm-hmm. going to keep doing the same thing. And a lot of what he relies upon is laws and a constitution that in courts that really all kind of treat the executive the same way that you know, this is precedent and we you have to let the executive act a certain way because this is just what normal presidents do. So now we have a president who's acting very not normal, but is taking advantage of all the rules and just the institutions in place that are set to protect a normal president. And what I think hopefully this will kind of do is just keep some more light on the stuff and say, really, this isn't normal and really he'll start being treated like the weird abusive authoritarian wannabe man that he is. Mm -hmm. And hopefully, hopefully he'll stop, which he probably won't, but the more likely while still being unlikely is that Republicans will stop. We're start going, yeah, we really, we, we can't keep doing this. We can't keep giving you the benefit of the doubt or, you know, just, letting him run with it and hoping he doesn't burn everything down mm-hmm. because this is what happens when you just decide power is more worth than anything else is people go nuts. I haven't finished it, but I've been listening to the audiobook of uh, the impeachers. And- oh, I'm not familiar with that. So, uh, crap. I should know. By it's the impeachers, <laughs> the trial of uh, Andrew Johnson and the dream of a just nation by Brenda. It might be, I think it's Wineapple. Yeah, and, just go with it. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's really quite good. And it's really kind of, you, I don't, didn't know much about the impeachment of Andrew Johnson. And, you know, in a lot of ways, Andrew Johnson seems more in line with kind of tr- what Trump is yeah. doing and how Trump has acted in office as opposed to, say, like Nixon, where he was interesting. quite racist. He wasn't interested in listening to the Congress at all. He kind of, he was very demagogic and uh, unlike Trump was a drunk. And so there was kind of at that time, hmm, which seems kind of like it's an evergreen kind of moment. 
there was Congress trying to reestablish their authority and Andrew Johnson trying to basically, he had it in his head that the North had too much power, the uh, abolitionists had too much power. Um, he oftentimes used a horrible word to say that if you know, former slaves had too much power and was just going to pull the nation in whatever direction he saw fit because that was within his right. And mm -hmm. of course, like Trump, like Nixon, had people around him, not just attorneys, but people within the government who agreed with him. Right. And yeah, it's, it's there's a reason why impeachment is still a weird thing and why I was getting Facebook messages the second this happened. Because there's, mm -hmm. there's, there's not a whole lot of history to it. Or no, is it, there? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're you're right on the on the front of it. No, there is not very much history to impeachment, and and that's for the White House and and it basically in a, any other position. It there's there's not a whole lot to go off of, and um, it you know peach impeachment, you know most people, and I I think understandably so think that impeachment means removal from office and that's not mm -hmm. what it means it just means an inquiry into you know misbehavior of somebody in in power and but but maybe that is a reason why it is important to try and go forward with this in a lot of ways because yeah if you don't try to hold somebody accountable who's to say that anybody after him is going to do any different and i think for <laughs> for some some reason we've been very very lucky the last three years that all the horrible stupid things that he has said and done has not led us to open war with iran or north korea or you know some type of other completely disastrous situation and if he's if he's going to continue to be this you know pathological liar calling in unsavory favors to interfere with our own elections and stuff we need to try and fry him for it, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, and by fry, I just mean open the impeachment inquiry. He's obviously not going to get removed from office. Mitch McConnell has already promised as much. Yep. Um, but it is important to try and if we believe in anything about our government and what the United States is supposed to represent and stand for, we better follow through with it. One of the things I found interesting about uh, <clears throat> the arguments coming from, and I know I ripped on, ripped on a recent podcast, uh, people like Rich Lowry is they've been doing this for the Trump's entire presidency is going, Oh, I don't agree with this. In fact, I think the um, Congress, you know, <laughs> the Congress let this happen too much with Obama and the executive needs to be dialed in. Yeah. So wouldn't this be a perfect time to do it with a president that is clearly unfit. And also Michelle, to your point about the, like, we're lucky something hasn't happened because he's so batshit. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of that goes down because there, Trump is being Trump. So he spends most of his days watching Fox News and grousing on Twitter about the, uh, not just grousing about his unfair treatment that he, he perceives, but just mm -hmm. regurgitating crazy conspiracy theories. If mm -hmm. he wasn't so late, and this is what he's been, this is what he's done during his business career too. That's how Cohen kind of went off and did some stuff on his own that was questionable. Giuliani's been running wild making money off of his associations with Trump. Mm -hmm. and, and Trump's not seeing any of that money. It's this guy's got power. I'll be a yes man and I'll protect him from um, you know consequences. But at the same time, I'll kind of enrich myself a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. Pompeo, for example, thought that basically he could ride this Trump wave and then when things kind of, if, if things started getting bad, he could kind of just off, you know, it's kind of hit an off ramp and go right into the Senate. Mm -hmm. And now it's, uh, we're seeing that you, you think they'd learn because this happens with just about every single one of these people is there is no soft, like the only soft landing is places like Fox News. Mm -hmm. There's no, I try to do my best. Paul Ryan's been trying to do it like since he resigns, he didn't seek reelection and going, I tried and trying to martyr himself. And People quite rightly aren't buying it. No one, Republican, Democrat, they're going, no, you sat back and enabled this because tax cuts, and now you mm -hmm. want to go, I tried to help. No, you didn't. In a lot of ways, you made it worse. Uh, okay, I'm going to stop there because I want to go off on a <laughs> goddamn Republicans. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's um, impeachment is, 
it is kind of, at least especially for the president, it's fairly uh, untra- unexplored waters. And like, back to my point with Rich Lowry is, isn't this a good time when you've got a president that's so weird and so just dysfunctional to really kind of go, maybe we should call some of this stuff back. So mm-hmm. for the Republicans out there that keep saying, well, what happens when you guys elect a liberal version of Trump, which back to our, uh, what the heck is the alt left? Uh, <laughs> that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but okay, let's a hypothetical future. What about ism? Let's uh-huh. uh, future tense. What about ism? Let's, let's go there. Let's just make sure let's dial this back. So this can't keep happening. Oh Yeah. And this whole thing of let's voluntarily hope that uh, presidents divest from their businesses. Let's not make that really an option anymore. Right. Make it, make it a compulsory a rule. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, you can't say, well, I'm not really doing the day to day. Well, you weren't really before, but you're certainly watching the numbers there, aren't you, champ? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just crazy, and it well, and I I just don't know, I I don't even know what the impeachment proceedings are really going to look like. Like the ones scheduled for this week have already been delayed, and oh yeah, um, you know, some Pompeo or somebody already said, no, I'm not going to give you the documents that were subpoenaed by the House, mm-hmm. and and you know, this already kind of happened with some of the hearings earlier this year. The bar just um, didn't show up. Or or McGann, mm-hmm. yeah, like they just didn't show up, and then nothing happened to them. Like what? So that made me wonder. I didn't like look into it, obviously. If I still don't know the answer to this, but you know, when you when you're subpoenaed again as a layperson and you don't show up, like there's a warrant put out for your arrest. Mm-hmm. Like you get in trouble. So how is it that Congress, that is supposed to be the higher, you know, the highest potential inquiry court in the land? There's absolutely no enforcement behind it. These people are still walking around and dodging subpoenas and not showing up. And like, how is that a thing? Because they're stressing out the courts and basically saying, nope, you have to uh, step. So they buy themselves time. Mm -hmm. And then they put it's um, it's like they say in sports, you're working the refs and you're going, nope. Um, I know what the right thing is to do, but I'm going to keep doing the wrong thing and make this person over here tell me to do the right thing. Which judges don't like doing because they won't. They won't. It's for every uh, for as many Brett Kavanaugh's as there are out there who gleefully are happy conservatives and mostly happy conservatives. There are a fair amount that want at least the appearance of objectivity and lack of mm-hmm. bias. So they don't really like, and which goes back to like their just lack of precedent. They don't like making what they believe to be political decisions. They want to go what's based on the law. And right now, sometimes if there isn't law, there are a lot, well, not a lot of them, most of them, I think, are kind of like, eh, I don't really want to decide this. So they'll either just say, can't you guys play nice for now? Mm-hmm. And then, or they'll issue kind of a ruling, which is, hey, I don't know what to do. Please appeal this. And that buys them even more time. And mm-hmm. what's... Uh, Trump is hoping is that this uh, really decades, but especially recent uh, years of the Trump presidency with McConnell and his court packing is he's hoping that one of these guys will really who shouldn't have sorry guys. One of these people, they're mostly guys, mostly white men that have been pushed to a federal court will side with the guy that hired them Mm -hmm. and might get kicked up all the way to the Supreme Court, which Trump thinks is his now. Right. So, Which yeah, it's is not you know, not out of the realm of possibility. Again, it's they're all learning from Trump. Is that when there's not a lot of teeth for what Congress or even law enforcement can do, because there's not a lot of precedent, take advantage of it. Even if it's immoral, even if it really is damaging, mm-hmm. take advantage of it. Make someone else deal with it. Well, and, you know, you play misdirection, like, no, actually, the conspiracy is over there. The bad things are over there. And as long as you keep shouting that enough, then people don't understand it. Yeah. Did you see that uh, Hillary Clinton tweet I sent to you earlier? (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, I did. Well, that's right. I saw you liked <laughs> yes, it. I did. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> that, really? Go ahead and share that okay. with the listeners. <laughs> what so, it said. So, uh, the totally normal and doing just fine, Rudy Giuliani, who, uh, for those of you who maybe hopefully or have been delightfully not keeping up with the news, is the president's personal lawyer who has been asking for dirt on the Bidens and uh, been asked to get on calls with Trump's uh, attorney general, Bill Barr, tweeted out today, uh, basically Washington Post, NBC, and CNN are going after me because I'm in the me- I'm the messenger and covering up the message. Dem corruption. Meanwhile, they have yet to ask Biden difficult questions because he has protected an immune like the Clintons and Crooked Clinton Foundation. And Hillary Clinton tweeted out, or someone using her account quite brilliantly, yes, I am famously under-scrutinized. Because (laughs) that's a thing. And yes. No, Michelle, you're exactly right. There's just, for as much truth as gets out there, people will toss out like a, a little bit of truth here, a little bit of truth here. But then fill the rest of like the rest of the thing with lies, and go prove me wrong. Mm, right. Um, no. And also, you know, the absence of evidence is evidence for a lot of people. So, right. yes, Trump may have done all these terrible things, but you don't think Obama did worse? Yes, because Obama was also never scrutinized. <laughs> right. His biggest scandals being the tan suit and you know that kind yeah. of thing. Well, there were legit ones. Well, not legit ones that they there, thought were there legit. Were. Um, yeah. There was the well. Sorry, not now. I'm not sure you might edit this out because it wasn't legit. There was the IRS scandal, which even a lot of never Trump conservatives at the time were like, "Hmm, this clearly points out a bias." When really, what it was was the IRS going, uh, "Are we sure a lot of these super PACs are, and a lot of these things are tax exempt? Are, are they?" We really treating them correctly? Oh, but so many <laughs> of them are conservative because there's a lot of them. The Koch brothers network is huge. Um, right. Or should I say uh, the Koch brother network now? Right. Uh, well, there's the, there's the other Koch brothers. Did you hear about them? I have. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I think they were, I think they were used on um, the Patriot Act. Yep. Um Hassan Minaj's show on Netflix, which is brilliant, by the way. If you people don't don't watch it, you should definitely check it out. It's a it's a pretty pretty good show. But yeah, the other Koch brothers being two, I don't think they're twins, but they sure look a lot alike, like reality TV show guys. Yep. And using their images was cheaper than using the real Koch brothers off of Getty Images. So that whole episode, <laughs> these two tanned out bros stood in for the Koch brothers. It was great. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, it was funny. Well, and speaking speaking of money and super PACs too, the the other flip side of the the impeachment qu- inquiry and uh, just basically everything that's happened since the Mueller report is that um, Trump and the GOP. Uh, I'm not even thinking of the right word. It, it, they they announced today that in the third quarter they oh, yeah, raised a hundred. Yeah. Oh my gosh, of uh, hundred and twenty five million dollars. $125 million in the third quarter of this year alone, prepping for the 2020 election, which is an insane, insane amount of money. It is. But then you also, not to say that uh, everyone should be worried that Trump will win again because not only just all he needs is the Electoral College, but a lot of those states are, you know, we saw it in Georgia with uh, their gubernatorial election. Mm-hmm. There's some uh, there's some shady business going on as far as not just purging. I think Ohio purged a bunch of uh, voters today, um, mm-hmm. and then to, we'll have to follow this up later. But did Florida actually try and through legislative action overturn the uh, will of the voters as far as letting like convicted or felons who've served their time vote again? Yes, that is correct. So. Okay. Yeah, um, I forget exactly what the stipulation was, but uh, former felons, it was voted by a 
pretty good popular oh, yeah. margin, I think, that if, even if, if you've been convicted of a felony before, you should still be allowed to vote um, when you're no longer imprisoned or something mm -hmm. like that. And yeah, the state legislation put a halt to that somehow. I forget what they did. <clears throat> I'm sure they attached some sort of weird stipulation to it. So. But yeah, there will be stuff like that. And you know, probably going to the point you're going to make here, Michelle, is that, well, Trump will be able to outspend anybody. And that's not just a Trump thing. That is a a potato bag, or a bag filled with potatoes. As long as it's Republican and claims it's going to cut your taxes. Well, not your taxes. Uh, as long as it's going to do favor for favors for corporate America and rich people, will basically be able to outspend just about anybody. But in this case, at least we know that a lot of people who are running Trump's campaign are incredibly, incredibly greedy and corrupt. So a lot of that money won't be spent wisely. It'll probably be pocketed. And even mm -hmm. the money that is spent will go mm -hmm. towards insane commercials where mm -hmm. it's like, hmm, it's basically just Trump, but with, you know, cool uh, B-roll and stuff like that. Like, it's not it, going to convince anybody. It's just going to pepper the airwaves with just this nonsense. Yeah. They they won't even be looking for Russian troll farms anymore. They'll just buy their own. Yep. Um, so and amplify quick, them. And amplify them for sure. And uh, real quick, back to Florida. Mm -hmm. So the new law that was passed after um, – after the the voters of Florida said felons could vote again, the new law requires everybody to anybody with a criminal history to, that they would first have to pay back all of their fines and court fees before they would be allowed to vote again. So they basically would have to pay to get their right to vote back. Oh, poll tax. Exactly. Yep. Robert Bork would be proud. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Who's Robert Bork? <laughs> So if those those of you that remember, I'm supposed to ask you when you bring up. I, I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> I'm supposed to ask you. Yep. So Robert Bork was uh, nominated by Ronald Reagan to the Supreme Court back in the '80s, and the Democrats are accused of having dug up a bunch of crazy old things that he said, such as supporting a poll tax, to sink his nomination. And from then on, um, Bork's been brought up whenever. Um, Clarence Thomas got nominated. The Indian Hill stuff came out, and um, not so much with uh, Gorsuch, but it's almost like when someone has a bad temperament, they get compared to Robert Bork as opposed to just being conservative. Hmm, right? Weird. Um, so yeah, Robert Bork. Because uh, don't they even call it like getting borked or yep. something? Like it sounds really dis disgusting. But Is that yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'll keep this in there. Is that where like the Bort slang, slang term came from? Because in for, the four year old version, that's what I think. Of, yeah, when Steve Trout's character goes, "I've borked plenty of women," and like Bort. <laughs> oh <laughs> well, I don't know. But <laughs> I'd heard it before then too, so maybe could be. We'll have to be look that up and be like, "Here's the definition of Bort." <laughs> or are we are we mixing up with something Brett Kavanaugh did in college? I oh. Uh, that's very good. Sorry, right? that was that was bad. Uh, that was just flash yeah. once. What? Um, <laughs> yeah. That's right. It's a card game. Yes. <laughs> and well, Michelle, you've probably seen this too. Although we're getting way off the impeachment thing here now. That <laughs> That's as right. The more and more indefensible Trump gets, which is again, I don't know how you can defend him. I don't know how you could defend him really when he first became president, but the more and more just it gets crazy and weird he gets and irrational, you just have these kind of really weird tangential thoughts, thought arguments, if you will, of, oh, well, um, what if we subjected the people of California and New York to basically they have to pay their taxes? Again, I don't know what you're talking about with two of the biggest economies in the u.s with california <laughs> what is it the fifth biggest in the world like on its own yes yes it is ranked on its own as one of the largest economies in the world yeah but say how they're deadbeats and everything um <laughs> and so it's like oh look poll taxes are back and they're cool uh 
anyways, um, oh, but, oh, crap. The point I was going to get to as far as defending Trump when he is indefensible. Oh, it's just kind of the whole, you can't manage Trump. And I think, I know there are some people that think that Bill Barr is just a true grifter. I think Bill Barr is just a partisan hack who thought that like a lot of these people who come in there that he could manage Trump. And, you know, with these reports of him going around the world, talking to some shady characters who claim to have dirt um, on either Mueller or Comey or the investigation Mm -hmm. that he's just kind of doing it to, you know, just kind of get Trump off his back a little bit. But that's the problem. You, you, you're not managing him or like slowing him down. That kind of stuff encourages him and speeds him up. Mm-hmm. You're just satiating his appetite. That's all you're doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I posted on Facebook a few weeks ago now, I think, um, you don't manage the dumpster fire. The dumpster fire manages you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Did you did you get the chance to watch uh, Timothy Snyder on Rachel Maddow's show, though? I didn't, but you know who caught that? Who? My dad. Your dad? Yeah, because he was like, uh, I thought about buying you on Tyranny by Timothy Snyder. I was like, I own that. Because like, he, at first he was like, have you heard of Timothy Snyder? Like, yeah, <laughs> Michelle, I mentioned him in the podcast a fair amount last year. Oh, okay. Which I know he, he knows. He just yeah. He, he just got interested when he saw it. He's like, yeah, he seems very smart. And I told him that from my experience, uh, some of the best – Excuse me. People listen to on political science uh, issues for like, especially U.S. politics, uh-huh. are the people that are really well versed in the political history and kind of the political institutions within Europe. Mm. So, uh, like, I'm not surprised that Timothy Snyder has some great things and great points that I re- that I always go, ah, I want to listen to that. Right. Yeah, and so in. I mean, I was I was glad to catch it, anyways. But it was funny because last week I was I was you know pontificating and thinking, and I just I I don't have the will the brain power to to think on the same level as him. But I you know with the with the whistleblower information coming out, I was like, why does why does Ukraine keep coming up? Like why mm. why is this all filtered through Ukraine somehow? Like what, what is this big, what's the story? Like, why, why are we all so connected here? And that was mainly like Maddow's question to Timothy Snyder. And th- so that's kind of what they talk about really is okay. how this, this, uh, this is all interconnected with Russian oligarchs and Ukraine. And then of course, Trump, because of who his campaign manager was for a hot minute mm-hmm. And it all just keeps going that way because now it's being filtered in the opposite direction where Trump is specifically reaching back to Ukraine and asking for favors and at the same time trying to divert the story of the 2016 campaign, which was not about Russian influence coming this way, but that it was Ukrainian influence that did all of this. It wasn't the Russians. It was Ukraine. And then he calls Ukraine and says, hey, do us a favor, you know? It's it's it just keeps going going round and round, round and round, and also back to the whole point of this is just how weird and vengeful and petty and irrational Trump is, and a lot of his followers for that matter, because he won the election. If it was a huge conspiracy to keep him from losing. And it was the, the most powerful people in the world that were going to keep him from winning. Then mm-hmm. how in the hell did he win? Uh, that right. Then again, a lot of conspiracy theories are like that, where it's like this just doesn't make sense. If you ask one simple question, two simple mm-hmm. questions, a few, and just pull at threads, and oh, this thing's all of a sudden un- unraveled. But because I honestly don't know if it's a penchant for conspiracy theories or if it is just so many people that became so convinced whether it had to do with Obama's race, if it had to do with policies, things he said that no matter what came out 
about Obama or whatever else, he was always up to the worst things you could imagine. And the fact that Mm -hmm. he never got caught doing it and that there wasn't actual evidence to tie him to do these things is just the best evidence to prove that he did all of it. Mm -hmm. And here we are. We're still relitigating 2016. Yeah. Yeah. And we, I mean, we probably will be for a while. True. Yeah. Well, and I mean, so the other thing that I'm, I texted you before we started tonight was, did you see about the news in Ukraine? I did not. I briefly looked over Twitter after he said that, but I was eating dinner. So I'm like, (laughs) at this point, a lot of my Twitter feed is filled with my uh, kind of weird political slash like jokey click. So I just see a bunch of jokes. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So Michelle, what what is, what else happened in Ukraine recently, or at least what came to light? So, uh, the current president of Ukraine, Zelensky, who um, is the one that took the call, the, the now famous call back in July, speaking with Trump and having a jolly good time there. So today it was announced that he was going to agree with some type of resolution um, to give some some level of self-governance autonomy to east ukraine which is where the violence with the russian army is going on yes so there's been a lot of protests that have flared up in the capital in particular kiev at least that's the the brief newsing news thing i saw before uh, i got on the phone with you and uh a lot of a lot of people are very concerned that this is just basically uh you know, conceding yep. to to Russian demands. Um, so supposedly there's supposed to be an election in that part of the country, and then mm. they'll be self-autonomized through that election potentially. Oh. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm I'm a little sketchy on the details there, but I was I was thinking that that can't be good. As it, and this is this also coinciding with the quid pro quo exactly. Of the four hundred million dollars of some, I, some I think that was the close to the amount of U- United States aid that was supposed to go to Ukraine many months ago. Congressionally to earmarked help, to go. To the correct, Ukraine. right? Earmarked to go to Ukraine to help them fight the Russian army in the east, but that money has been held up. It actually, I believe, a fair amount of it was released, but not. Because of Trump, um, and this is kind of where the, again, the quid pro quo argument, or that it wasn't a quid pro quo thing, goes off the rails. Because like, it's like, well, they got the money anyways. Yeah, but that wasn't his decision. Hmm. Um, it was congressionally earmarked. And I believe, I'll take this off to do some research, but from what I have heard, I believe that was a like joint interagency decision. Like the Pentagon and a bunch of other stuff basically had to give the money up that had been required to give up to Ukraine. And that was why he did it. Not because Trump went, all right, cool. It was, he was going to hold it over their head as long as possible. And then the decision was basically taken away from him. Mm, okay. But no, Michelle, to your point with the, yeah, these elections, this has every marking of a Putin joint where yes, just, uh, let the people in this area that we've been running this disinformation campaign, let them decide. Oh yeah. Also, you know, we do all this kind of weird hinky stuff when it comes to both, uh, as I said, disinformation, election interference, um, in Georgia, I don't know if this has been proven or or just anecdotal, but there sure is a lot of the border kind of moves overnight. It'll just all of a sudden, Russia will increase by a few more feet along mm. the borderline. Mm. And so to believe that giving them in, in Eastern Ukraine a little bit more self-autonomy because they apparently feel oppressed because they, uh, what what's the term they keep, we keep hearing that they're ethnically Russian. Right. Yes. I'm sure, uh, I'm sure this will work out well and I'm sure it'll be the voice of the people and not uh, either a misinformed voice of the people and or most like a combination of that and um, 
bad Russian action. Right. Yeah. That's the that's the concern. So. Uh. Oh, we should do. We should just do like a Ukraine episode sometime because now I'm I'm interested. I think I think that would be a good idea. We both would probably it would serve us well to do more research on this topic because again it keeps coming up. True. And I don't I don't think it's going to go away. No, it, it's not. Especially um, if Trump stays in office and keeps basically telling our uh, European allies to f off and handle their own zone themselves. Which, again, what a great leader. What a great leader. Anywho. Superb. <laughs> the best. Uh, I was the best. Just, when you were talking about, uh, when we first started off like the intro part about impeachment and his, you know, kind of bad phone calls. Like, but he called it beautiful and perfect. <laughs> it, was. it was. Did you see the clip, too, of Zelensky? Like on the stage with Trump I did. and reporters are asking him and, you know, he obviously doesn't speak English like super well. I mean, he and he doesn't want to he, he wants to remain in Trump's good graces like this is with. Yeah. His yeah. interest is to is to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like I heard some somebody on a podcast was just putting words into Zelensky's mouth like he's right here. Like I'm sitting next to him. I cannot answer this question. Why would you ask me that? You know? Well, and he wouldn't really want to go on the record, even if he wasn't there saying this stuff. He needs that money. He needs the aid. Right. No matter how much of an asshole and a moron this guy is, he, yeah. he can't he say what you will about him and the whole uh, announcing some self-autonomy. He's, he's kind of, well, he is stuck being a rock in a hard place. He's stuck between yeah. Putin and having to ask for money from a guy who loves Putin because Putin says nice things about him. Even mm -hmm. as uh, it's just, it is something, what's a good term for it? When you almost have to respect how Putin does such terrible things while also basically trolling the president and getting the president to support him at the same time. It's like, how, so you're basically challenging the president to do stuff on, but not directly because what was, oh, oh no, my, my brain's not working. There was something <laughs> where you lost it. <laughs> um, oh, Putin said that the transcripts or recordings of conversations with, between Trump and Putin and Trump and uh, Russian officials could not mm -hmm. be released without their permission first. Mm. And it's, I, I hate to say it to use the term brilliant because it's so <laughs> awful, but it really is like they're going, hey, dude, we, we fucking own you. And yeah. whether or not they actually have dirt on him, which I don't know, but they, they know this guy loves us, but we're still at the same time. We're going we're gonna to kind of prod him a little bit. Because they know uh -huh. he's not going to do shit. Right. It's, it's yeah. just something you, you have to respect it, well, the it, game a bit, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, this is some impressive finagling, yeah. <laughs> You're constantly sucking up to this guy, but at the same time, then making him look like he's he serves you. Like, he's subservient at the same time. Right. Yeah, yeah the... His career in the East German police really served him well, huh? <laughs> he knows what he's doing I as far as manipulation say, goes. He must have dealt with a lot of either uh, corrupt officials, yes. A uh, lot of mob <laughs> bosses, yes. Yes. A lot of really idiotic oligarchs who just had dad's <laughs> money and were easily manipulated, yes. Yes. Ah. <laughs> uh, should have seen all this coming when you say it like that. <laughs> yeah, um, we should have. And now that we see it, that it's here, we should uh, stop trying to... I, I see it less and less now, the people that... Well, he's still bad about it, but Chuck Todd saying things like, he's becoming more presidential. No, he's not. He's never going to become presidential. He's always going to be Donald Trump. Yeah. 
Which is why, uh, well, I believe he should be impeached, but also we need to get as much kind of things to come to light to show that, hey, uh, this is Donald Trump. Don't elect a Donald Trump again. There, there's plenty of them out there, I, I, I believe. <laughs> Let's stop yeah. doing this. So last week, my mom was listening to her uh, beloved NPR, or Colorado Public mm-hmm. Radio. Yes. And turned it off because they cut to Trump actually at that, uh, was it, press conference with Zelensky? Mm. And she just was like, he's, I can't take it. I can't listen to him. And she was like, does he usually talk like this? And I had to go, (laughs) even I kind of tune him out. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, I I do so much better when I listen to people talk about him than actually listening to the the true sound bites of him because it is just so painful for so many reasons. It's it so painful. sounds painful for him. <laughs> <laughs> like he's, he just sounds upset. He sounds, because I mean, he's clearly got just incredibly poor self-esteem. And it's just, <laughs> it's tough to listen to it. And <laughs> I think coming from a, uh, I'm actually not even going to finish that sentence because I didn't want. To, I don't want to take the chance that I'll edit that out. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so she she turned that off because he's so horrible to listen to. I think I've told you before that while he was still a candidate, my nephew turned to my sister and said, "That man makes me nervous." Oh my gosh! Because of the way he speaks. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's. That man makes me nervous. I don't. Oh, I should. I should add this though, because my uh, so my mom is out of the hospital now. Good. Okay. She did say that the doctors told her that tomorrow will be the most painful day. Oh. Um, because she yeah she has a new knee. Yeah. Um, but I will tell the story in honor of her. When I must have been. I don't. I don't. I don't remember this, so it must have been really little because it was back in Wisconsin, and I, I'll have to get the actual story from her. But anyways, the punchline is the spoon is making me nervous. I, <laughs> I said as I, after I threw a spoon across the room as my mom was trying to console my sister because I think I took the spoon from my sister. Okay. Um, and my mom was trying to explain it, and I saw that the, the tension was there and said this spoon is making me nervous but obviously not in the voice of a man it would have been in like probably a five-year-old's voice right <laughs> and i would That's try a good and, pun line. <laughs> i would try and do an impression of a little boy but my voice as you can hear is a little raspy and that would just make it worse <laughs> yeah no worries well touch base with her and get the full story for us i will <laughs> i'll send my mom a note about that as well as the uh, the spoons making me nervous one, so that because she, <laughs> yeah, she's really good at like laying it out. As for mine, it's kind of like I'm telling you sort of my memory of her telling the story, right? And it's not because, as I said, I was so young, I don't remember any of that. Sure. I do recall part of it was my mom thought I was using the spoon to like because I used to play with a lot of boxes when I was that young and like I had a very vivid imagination. So my dad got all these boxes for work. And I mm-hmm. would then build like a spaceship, and she was like, "Oh, he's using the spoon to, sw- to start a spaceship up, and we'll just give him the spoon, <laughs> and you can find something else." Like, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Do we want to do any more impeachment things? It's I, more- I I don't have I don't have anything. Okay. I mean, is there a point you want to bring up though? I'd be no, happy to I, continue chatting about no, it. No, but- I, I think. We- I hit all the points pretty early. Plus, okay. I think this is one what you said earlier. Like we're gonna kind of gonna come back to it, and hopefully, we'll get some right. more uh, some more actual questions and something. Um, especially as we go through it, this will just be probably a shorter episode, which isn't bad considering that. Oh, what was it? There was one of the episodes last night that like it took forever for me just to bounce it out. I was like. What the hell? I think it was the Tad episode. 
It was that, yeah, you and Tad, I think that episode was like an hour and a half or something. It was a kind of on the longer end. We're usually about an hour mark. So, yeah. And we got in like a good flow at a certain point that I just, sure. I tried to like edit it down, I was like, crap. So it'll be good to have That's a shorter fine. one. Um, ugh. I was thinking about this when I got home from work because I don't have a good thing of the week lined up. Yeah. I don't I don't know that I do either. Um I was gonna kinda do a little bit of a cop out. Um I've got a lame one too. <laughs> it, I mean, and that makes it sound bad because I am actually excited about these two things, but I'm excited about two books. Um one I picked up this last week. I haven't cracked it open yet, but I'm very excited for Tanahasi Coates's new book. I saw um, that his first published a fiction novel, mm -hmm. uh, The Water Dancer, and it's gotten a lot of good buzz. So I'm really excited for that one. And then Rachel Maddow's second book comes out as mm. well called Blowout. And that one's all about political corruption in the oil industry. And wow. uh, her, her, la her, her only other book that she's written called Drift was about um, how military veterans are not treated very well. And that one was published, I think, in like 2011, 2012. 12. So it's been a minute since she's published anything, mm -hmm. um, but I, I intend to get my hands on a copy of that this week. So I'm I'm excited for these two new books. And that is not a cop out. Uh, I will. I'm actually going to do my original. My one was actually lame. I'm going to do two. Um, <laughs> okay. Because now that I think about it a little bit more, I've got an actual thing in my head. The first one I was going to say, which is that fall is here because uh, I know I'm going to miss it. That summer's gone, but. Um, I pushed the portable AC unit that was in here that like, especially during these podcast conversations, because the door is closed, I'd crank up. Mm -hmm. That's in the garage. There's so much more room in here. Awesome. <clears throat> um, I actually sort of turned on the heat for a bit on Saturday and it's just, it's, it's nice. It's also, I go out to the garage and it's cool out there as opposed to being hot, which usually was hot in the garage. Yeah. Um, but my actual good thing of the week is, I don't know if I told you this or not, Michelle, that we had a, I think I sent you pictures. We had a n new foster dog yes. with us whose name is Janice. And she, <laughs> they believe, uh, is part Chihuahua and part Jack Russell Terrier. Oh, wow. We had her for just over a week. She's mm -hmm. as sweet as can be. She's tiny, but she loves to snuggle, loves to. I've never seen a dog that loves to snuggle with other dogs hmm. as much as Janice loves to snuggle with uh, Gatsby. But they're uh, so Janice has now gone. This is kind of it almost sounds quaint and somewhat cliche, but Janice has gone to live on a farm, albeit okay. a lavender farm. Oh my gosh! <laughs> in Washington State, and the people that came to pick her up, they were totally fine with her because she's. She was like this when she first met me, where she let mm -hmm. me pick her up, but didn't really want to be close to me. She's she's okay. a little skittish, and she's also a little bit passive. But when you pick her up, she just kind of she likes to snuggle, and they were totally fine with that because I didn't want to do the thing where like one of us picks up the dog and just hands it to them. Yeah, I just said because I kept getting close to them, like no, she'll come to me, and they finally picked her up, and she just kind of melted in their arms. And now Aww. we got a bunch of pictures today that uh, she's been there for just about three days now and is right at home, is snuggling with her new family, snuggling with her new dog friend, um, Good. has a pink bed. Perfect. So it was, uh, <laughs> that was, I think, for both of us, both my wife and I, that was one of the tougher, well, we've only had the two foster dogs, but this one was definitely the tougher one of letting oh. go, but we're, uh, we're very happy that she ended up in a place like that and she she really is quite sweet i still miss her <laughs> that's good that's good and is she, so is she a, is she a puppy or like what she age was, they think when we got her like maybe three months oh wow yeah bitty, bitty then huh less than five pounds she weighed less than the cat oh my gosh that's crazy but well good she's still uh her being as sweet and as snowy as she was, she still tried to uh, hold her own with Gatsby. So. <laughs> well, good for her. Yep. <laughs> That's and great. He plays well, so yeah, they, they did. But you know, it was still like, oh, don't hurt her. <laughs> right. 
Well, cool. I'm glad that worked out well then. It did. So that's my actual good thing of the week and not just that it's fall. <laughs> I mean, it is pretty great though. Like I'm, I'm wearing a sweater. I've got Same. socks on. Got a little blanket. It's like, oh, this is, it's so great that it's not 85 degrees right. in my house right now. <laughs> and it's 930 at night. So and that fall weather is just lovely. Oh, yes, indeed. Yeah, it, it is a good thing. So with that, we'll sign off. Thank you, Michelle. Thanks, Noel.